Somebody shout hallelujah. Beloved, we are welcome to episode 2 of season 4 of Publica Furnaces. We are still with Peter as our anchor character as we started in the previous episode. Peter, as a church leader, taught us many lessons. He taught us many things. In episode 1, we highlighted his poetry as a working man that eventually became a church leader. We emphasized that his flaws were not unique. No, 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 no. Rather, we can all relate to them. However, our central question today is looking at Peter as the chair of the board. The chair of the board, as we know today, holds the most power, influence, and authority among people. The, the board itself supervises the activities of a firm, whether it's for profit or not, profit organization, or even the governing council of a church. So such a fellow that is the chair provides leadership to directors, managers, and officers. The COB, chair of the board, ensures that duties to stakeholders are fulfilled while acting as the link between the board and top management. In the context of Peter, while acting as the link between the apostles and our Lord Jesus Christ. So our central question really today is, who was Peter as the chair of the board among the apostles? Like today, Jesus Christ had a lot of followers during his earthly ministry. But there were notable select few. Acts chapter 1 verse 15 shows that at the start of the church, 120 of them met for prayers. 120 of the select few. In fact, in that very verse, it is recorded that Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples to do what? To address them. Beyond the 120, there was a closer circle of 70 who went out in peace to share the good news, to share the gospel. The most familiar circle of Jesus Christ followers, which most everyone else knows from elementary school, was the twelve, the twelve apostles. The twelve apostles were unpicked by Jesus Christ himself. They accompanied him throughout his earthly ministry, yet of these twelve, we have the inner circle of three. The inner circle of three is made out of Peter, James, and John. Beloved, as noted in episode one of this season four, Peter was flawed like most of us. But he was part of the three. These three saw and experienced many things that others never saw, meaning deny others in the select twelve never saw, even though they were all unpicked by our Lord Jesus Christ. For example, Peter, James, and John saw the resurrection of the daughter of the ruler in the synagogue. We can read Mark chapter 5, verse 35 to 43. Mark 5, 35 to 43 for that story. Two, they were at the month of transfiguration in Luke 9, 28 to 45. In Luke 9, 20 to 25. So 20 to 45. Three, they were with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 
36 to 46. Matthew 26, 36 to 46. So, the trust of the matter is that prominent individuals were listed first in ancient texts, like the New Testament. The naming convention portrays Peter as prominent among his peers in their days. Prominent among the 120, prominent among the 70, prominent among the, the 12, and prominent among the three. In particular, for every mention of this inner circle of three, if you read the Bible very well, Peter's name comes first every time. This is also true for each list of the twelve apostles. We can look at Matthew chapter 10 for that. For example, outsiders also acknowledge the role Peter was playing among the apostles. The tax collector, for example, came to Peter to collect the temple tax. He didn't go to any other apostle. He came to Peter. It's also important to note, to show how influential or prominent Peter have risen among the, his peers, the apostles. During the resurrection of, of Jesus, the angel told the woman who had come to the tomb to take the news to who? To Peter. They mentioned Peter and thereafter, they mentioned the apostles. We can read Mark chapter 16, verse 7. Mark 16, 7. So, at events, several events, Peter was also the spokesman for the disciples, especially for the twelve. Especially when there's a need to address Jesus. So, it was really a link between Jesus and others. So, the above certain instances portray Peter as a leader of men by nature. And his peers deferred to him as needed, despite the fact that he was not perfect, as we clearly noted in episode one. So we need to be careful and, and be cautious when we are analyzing Peter as Bible scholars or followers of Jesus Christ. There is a tendency to focus on his flaws instead of his areas of strength that make him to stood out of the crowd. To us and to Jesus Christ, his strength far outweighs his weaknesses. So therefore, we should be wary of preachers and commentators, either on social media or on pulpit, that portray Peter as slow thinking without qualifying their explanations. They really need to put context into whatever way they are qualifying opposed to Peter. Some of us, myself inclusive, like to call him as in, I, I look at him as an impulsive leader, but recently I've changed. Rather than looking at him as impulsive, I look at him as someone that that is enthusiastic. In fact, in this episode of Biblical Phonesis, we like to look at Peter as a leader with uncontrolled enthusiasm. In Matthew chapter 14, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27 to 36, when Peter walked on water, uncontrolled enthusiasm is most likely responsible for his request to Jesus. As Jesus bid him come, after I asked Jesus that he, can he come? He demonstrated a great faith by walking on water before he paid attention to the wind and storm, which made him sack. And according to the Bible account, apart from Jesus Christ, the only person that also walk on water is Peter. 
that shows his prominence among his peers. Yes, after he started sinking, Jesus rescued him. But we need to accept that Peter showed unparalleled faith that is bold and courageous. Peter, in this account, displayed a belief that Jesus could enable him to do the impossible, which is quite important for us as children of God today and Christian leaders. So, from episode, episode 1, beloved, you will recall that we flagged the idea that Peter was an engaged leader. He started off as an entitled leader and ended as an engaged leader. This is important because respect for people is critical. And if you respect others, you will engage them, as opposed to talking down on them because you feel entitled. When you are an entitled leader, what comes your way is high service and force in getting things done. But when you are engaged leader, people willingly they are motivated to do what is required to move the agenda forward. Beloved, because of the dichotomy, dichotomy or differences, let me use the word, not dichotomy, but differences, between an entitled leader and an engaged leader, we need to pay attention to common dysfunctional beliefs of leaders. And it's common today because we see it, either in church or outside the church. Or if people so, that call themselves Christians, you and I, and we are working either in higher education or in the corporate world, we have some beliefs that must be debunked because they are dysfunctional. Some, we, we, we flag four of them in this episode as before we start closing. Number one, Number one wrong belief or false belief is when someone says, a leader says, maybe a head of department in any, any sector of society, says, I've studied leadership, so I'm, good, I'm a good, so I'm a good leader. I'm good at leading people. This is very, very incorrect. This is a false belief as education or ordination or position do not automatically make one a leader. No, that's a false belief. Peter went through a learning curve to succeed as a leader. All of us, every one of us, must go through our journey. We must undertake our leadership journey. So it's not your appointment or ordination or the position. Number two, believe that we must debunk and we must run away from it. Is when a leader says, I've got the title, so I'm a leader. Hmm. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Why the entitled leader wears authority, power, and mandate by patronage, coercion, and force or nepotism. Followers and others are quick to point out these flaws to the shame of the legacy of such a person. We must run away from things like this. Number three. If a leader says, my team doesn't disagree with me, so I must be getting it right. Huh? In the real world, this is a big trap that must be avoided. This is another error in thought because neither compliance or likability, people like you, are true measures of effective leadership. Peter succeeded without this trap. We need to read the story of Peter very well. Number four, because of our time, we just take three 
three, uh, uh, four dimensional beliefs that leaders must run away from. When the leader says, the longer I do it, or the longer I do this, the better I get. Mm. This is a tight syndrome, common among despots in third world countries, in Africa or South America. Leaders must not quantify experience in terms of years. No. Since time itself is not a great teacher. Mm -mm. Doing the, for example, doing the same thing for 10 years equals one experience. You have only done one thing. You have not done any other, any other thing. For example, you take a classical conservative minister to, to a thriving modern parish, you have problems in your hands. So, engaged leader like Peter knows that learning new things consistently is at the art of leadership. He started off as a fisherman and he learned so many things to bring many to the kingdom of God. Beloved, let us close. Number one, phronesis, biblical phronesis is a working man can become the chairman of the board like Peter. The chair of the board, the COB like Peter. Number two, phronesis the COB plays influential roles within a group, as Peter did. They take responsibilities and they are accountable. Number three, like Peter, people defer to authentic leaders. Leaders without pretense. Number four, enthusiasm can be a lever or a step for overcoming impossibilities in leadership. Just as Peter overcame overcame all his flaws. So we have two texts for our biblical quote in this for this episode. Number one is taken from Proverbs 22:4. Proverbs 22:4 that says, But humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Yes, you must start from the you must start from the bottom. Be humble. Then God will give you riches, honor and life. That's enviable. Then verse 29 of that same chapter of Proverbs says See how a man diligent in his business. We know this very well. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before me, men. Let us pray, beloved. Father, we thank you for the, for the grace to share this episode of BP. Lord, we that convert a working man in Peter to the chair of the God, the COB. Do the same for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us project positive influence and prominence in our own time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Keep us humble enough to fear you always so that we can stand before kings and yourself. In Jesus' most precious name. Beloved, if you enjoyed this episode, please like us on our various media platforms and also join us at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Restoration House online or on site in Blue Forty, South Africa. We welcome comments from you. Please use all our platforms on Facebook as well as YouTube. Till we come to you in the next episode of Biblical Phonesis. May the Lord keep you safe and blessed. May He shower you with divine wisdom daily to succeed in the mighty name of Jesus.